In this episode of Future One, we meet Zay Yang, who's a portfolio manager at Decryption Capital. We talk about how the crypto venture fund scenes vary across the Midwest, Austin, Texas, and back in Hong Kong. We also discuss things to keep in mind when it comes to blockchain technology becoming more native to the technology running in the background and the argument of the apps versus infrastructure when working with the regulators. Finally, we talk about the UX and UI considerations between the West versus Asia and tips on keeping up with crypto news. The material contained on this web series and podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer or recommendation to buy or sell a security, nor is it to be construed as investment advice. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. You getting ready for blockchain week? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll be there for three days for the consensus. But next time, maybe I should uh, stay longer. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? I thought you were from New York. Where are you? Where are you coming from? Where are you originally from? Chicago. Oh, you're from Chicago. Uh, okay. Originally, I'm from China. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, that's I've been great. here for like 12, yeah, 12 years. So, yeah, yeah and we I met at that emerging. Yeah, no, that's great. So we met at that emerging manager conference. You just came for that and I guess a couple other meetings for that week. Yeah, so just for the yeah, emerging manager and the, the crypto, you know, manager. Yeah, meeting. yeah, that was a pretty good that's session. Good, yeah. I think it's a pretty good community. Um, there's also, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there was also a fund manager summit yesterday. I don't know if you got a chance to go to that. That was really good. Is it in New York? It's in New York, yeah. Yeah, no. And it, um, yeah, it's like I have to be like selective because where I'm located. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's great. You know, mm-hmm. I know that we, you know, have a little, you know, a little bit of time to kind of talk about, um, you know, just blockchain, crypto as a whole. Um, so yep. I thought that you know this would be kind of a good forum, and you know, it, you know, this has just been fun. Uh, having this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, just getting a lot of people that yeah. are in the investment space, on the entrepreneurship space, um, mm-hmm. you know, building great things in the crypto, uh, you mm-hmm. know, system. So maybe you can start with a little bit of your background. Um, there's a little bit of drilling in the background, so maybe I'll just let you talk until the drilling is done. Um, but maybe you can just share, you know, where you're from mm-hmm. in China, um, you know, where you went to school and kind of how you got to where you are now. Sure. So I'm um, from a small town uh, near Shanghai. Uh, it's called uh, Jiangying. Uh, it's about like one half hour away from Shanghai. Uh, and I came to the U.S. Uh, about 12 years ago to attend uh, um, college. Uh, I went to Carleton College, uh, which is in Minnesota. Um, I graduated with an econ degree. And uh, afterwards, I uh, spent three years uh, working uh, at Cargill uh, in commodity trading. Um, after that, I uh, went to get my MBA from Yale. And uh, uh, after MBA, I uh, spent uh, two years uh, in invest banking with uh, Deutsche Bank. Um, so, and uh, I quit um, about a year ago to, uh, you know, start my own fund. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've been doing that for about a year. 
No, that's great. Um, mm -hmm. How have you seen some of the other funds kind of transform? Um, you know, like some of your peers, do you see a lot more funds in the Chicago area? And is there kind of like a lot of support system or do you feel that there's more energy uh, in New York? Uh, I definitely feel there are more like, you know, energy in, you know, East Coast and West Coast and in Austin, I think. Um, but in Chicago, there are a few like that, that I know. So, um, but you know, if you want to compare, definitely there's more energy on, on coast to coast. So, yeah, I think it's a different mindset. I mean, I think Chicago is still a pretty big city. I, uh, did mm -hmm. some grad school for a couple of years in, uh, at Iowa state. So I was, um, okay. I was working in Iowa for a couple of years and then I went to Iowa state. Um, and yep. then uh, left the Midwest because I really wanted to be in New York. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's still like a, a thing of like blockchain, you know, there are meetups and there are conferences. It just, uh, you know, when um, you look at uh, where the majority of the, like the blockchain firms or the, the crypto fund are located there, um, they're mostly like, you know, New York, San Francisco, Austin. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm not familiar with Austin. So you're saying mm -hmm. there's a pretty big crypto scene in the Austin area? It's that because it's just kind of a tech hub there. Um, I, I don't know, like uh, to be honest, but you know the um, um, Kyle's oh, what's what's the font's name? Um, Multi Coin Capital. You know, it was there, and uh, like I went to uh, also like a fund focused uh, crypto fund focused uh, conference last year and I met a bunch of like uh, crypto fund uh, managers like from Austin. So, yeah, you're talking about Tushar and Kyle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and so I think there are a few others. Yeah, a few other big ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, did you see that interview? It was more of a fireside chat with Fred Wilson and Tushar. I think it was the last uh, year. When, uh, maybe I, I forgot. Like, yeah. I'll, um, I'll send you the link. That mm -hmm. was just a really good talk on just okay. the fundamental technology of blockchain. And, you know, one thing that I thought was interesting was um, Union Square Ventures, they invested in multi-coin capital just because they, mm -hmm. they had a lot of contrarian thinking. And yep. um, I think Fred Wilson was very impressed with just the way that they had their investment thesis. And they published um, mm -hmm. an article, I think like about a month ago on, they call it the mega thesis. I haven't had a chance mm -hmm. to read it in detail, but I shared it on Telegram. But it's definitely, um, you know, very interesting how they look at it and think long term. Um, so, yeah, right. you, got, yeah. you got to spend some time with them. That's really great. Because um, I'm yeah, definitely, I, I look up to them as a yeah newsletter so yeah. <laughs> i receive all those but yeah they're doing great things and you know they're investing a lot of uh, you know um startups blockchain startups yeah i think some of the startups mm -hmm. that are promoting interoperability i think like it's like cosmos and then there's another one i think it's um polka dot um they're they're mm -hmm. allowing a lot of integration and interoperability with between blockchains. so i think that's just a another phase of the building phase of the, of the blockchain technology. Yeah. Yeah. Those are important. I think uh, like infrastructure, it's uh, like mostly needed in, in this space. Uh, you know, they're like, um, 
not so straightforward for like a you know retail investor just to buy Bitcoin and safely you know uh, store it. You know? So that's I think uh, the 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 key key needs to be like uh, for the like future for like mass adoption. Yeah. What are some other things that you think mm-hmm. is important um, with the technology? I'm I'm interested in fractional ownership and tokenization, and I think especially when you get into cross-border mm-hmm. remittances. So we invested in Securency, and they focus on yep. compliance and cross-border, um, you know, execution of trades. Um, so you know, being able to just make sure that you're compliant and uh, mm-hmm. you know, facing all the right um, you know, regulations and processes and then just kind of tokenizing things if you need to uh, directly with the broker dealer. Um, Those are some things that I think is interesting because I come from like a fintech background, but what other sectors do you think are interesting? I mean, I definitely agree. Like, uh, you know, tokenized um, assets, you know, like right now, a lot of like illiquid assets or, you know, uh, like uh, assets that require... um, uh, large, a uh, high minimum investment, you know, like a retail investor can't really like access to, but, you know, with tokenization and uh, also, um, you know, with, with things on like blockchain, you know, it enables like people all around the world and, uh, and everybody to have access to those kind of, uh, you know, investment. But um, the the challenge is going to be like, uh, you know, regulation and government, how, how, you know, how to, get them like on board or get them like on, like get them comfortable you know with all these that's gonna be like the big biggest like uh, hurdle i think yeah um, do you keep in touch with any, with any of the funds in hong kong do you have any idea how that ecosystem is over there i don't like you know personally like you know talk to um someone in hong kong but you know i because i'm um chinese um like my Chinese background, so I have I'm in like uh um like uh, many like uh do you know like WeChat groups, uh, yeah. which you know uh, has like uh, people um, pr- uh, prominent in, in like blockchain or crypto funds. So I I mostly like I don't really like talk too much, but I I like I like to you know monitor what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it yeah because it's like crypto and blockchain it's like you know uh, chinese are like very um, active in this space so i think uh, yeah you if you if you can like speak chinese or uh, read chinese it's you have an advantage yeah sure absolutely and it sounds mm-hmm. like they use wechat do they use telegram too or is it mainly wechat it's mainly wechat yeah um telegram you know you know uh People use Telegram, um, but uh, WeChat is like more dominant. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. I know in the Middle East, I'm, I'm subscribed. Somehow I got added, but there's a WhatsApp channel, and it gets so much. Uh, there's so many updates on that channel, but I just don't. I'm not yeah. used to using WhatsApp for something like Telegram, you yeah. know, like as a as like a news feed. So I sometimes I just don't pay attention because it just seems like spam to me. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think I, Europe, Europe, like South America, and people like WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Asia, it depends. Like China, WeChat, but uh, Taiwan, uh, Japan, they use Line, and Korea, they have their own own thing. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I spoke with uh, like, Jay, I spoke with Jehan Chu. I don't know if you know him. He's from Kinetic Capital, but. 
he had a really interesting mm-hmm. story. He's actually from Jersey. So when I first spoke with him, okay. I heard like a normal American accent. I'm like, I'm like, are you American? He said, yeah, I'm from Jersey. So I thought that was just like really hilarious because I, I lived in Jersey <laughs> for a long time in the, you know, in the suburbs. Um, so I wasn't yep. expecting that. And then he just, you know, he was like, oh, I'm from Jersey. But he transferred from his job to the office in Hong Kong. And then he kind of got really interested in, um, you know, the mm-hmm. blockchain space and he created a really big community. So I thought that was very interesting. He was there more in the yeah. early days. Um, but I guess what mm-hmm. made you interested, you know, you were kind of in the public markets. What, what kind of got you interested in blockchain and crypto over some of the sure. things? That you, uh, uh, you know, yeah, just it started in like, this. sure. So it started in 2015. Um, uh, where when like I learned about uh, a friend of mine in college, uh, he was doing some uh, you know Bitcoin trading in in China, and uh, you know I was I was very like skeptic. Why you're into this kind of you know scam or whatever, <laughs> which I don't believe it. But it got me you know kind of kind of like uh, started to you know to follow Bitcoin and follow like crypto. So I I started like reading uh, you know reading a few you know books and follow the market so some of the books i i read like um, like digital gold from um you know Nathaniel popper to to get me like started in like what's what's uh, how bitcoin gets started and what's the concept and then like you know um some more like philosophical and economic and like uh, uh decent denationalization of money um by hayek um and you know a few books and i i really started investing uh, in like uh, 2017 uh, mid 2017 and uh, yeah and it was I, I you know I saw the the ride and uh, it was you know crazy and but at, at the same time I, I thought this is like very early stage because you know it just you know there are so many like scams uh, so, so, ma- so many like immature early out there you know um, I the, um it's like a space um you know if if you're getting earlier you you may have an advantage and also like um especially like if i um like i run a fund uh i'm like um you know doing my due diligence and uh, actively like picking out the winners and from the losers you know uh you have you have an advantage uh doing that uh Versus like a traditional, um, you know, hedge fund industry, a traditional asset space, it's so like saturated, you know, it's very, you know, it's very difficult, like even beat like, you know, S&P, you know, so, um, yeah, I, I, I see this, uh, you know, uh, space where, you know, I, I maybe can like uh, give it a try. So <laughs> that's why like, you know, I, I decided to quit and, and do this. Yeah. And I guess, is it hard sometimes from a technical standpoint to see if a blockchain project mm-hmm. is um, worth investing in? Is there, do you recommend, you know, getting a developer to kind of look at the code? There's been some funds now that have been right. doing that. And I think it's pretty interesting. I, I saw that Arca, uh, they're a pretty mm-hmm. interesting fund. You know, if you look at their job postings, they have developers to actually audit the smart contracts. So, right. I feel like that's the next generation of funds, you know, because you never see that in the public markets, yeah. right? They don't, they don't have anybody yep. doing audits uh, because everything yep. is equities or, you know, maybe some synthetic derivatives. But in this space, 
you yep. when you do due diligence it's not only about team but it's it's really looking at the code to make sure it's not fraud right yeah exactly so like i i don't have like a i but I, I studied like uh you know some pro programming language back in college but i you know my career and uh, everything like i don't have like a, you know that computer science background so, um, but, you know, then uh, when I like, you know, look for people to hire, I would look at, you know, some intersection between like, you know, computer science, math, and you know, economics. And so those kind of people that, that would help. Um, and, uh, and, and with, when it comes to like investing, because uh, I, uh, my fund, uh, folk, you know, I, my strategy focuses more on like a, a liquid, liquid assets. So, it's uh, less of a challenge than uh, uh, those, um, you know, managers who are actively looking to, uh, for, for like, the, the startups and, uh, you know, ICOs. And those are a little more difficult to navigate, I think. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I would, you know, for, for me, I start from, like, Bitcoin and then see, like, you know, other, other coins like that are, like, proven and what, uh, what differentiate them from Bitcoin and do they then. If there there's a, like a you know com, competitive uh, you know uh, if there's like competitive uh, edge then I would maybe consider investing but if if there is like too similar to Bitcoin or too similar to maybe like um, like traditional um, then I traditional asset I may not like uh, uh, I mean but but it's in uh, in the in terms of in in the form of a, a token then I would not uh, really like uh, look at it. Yeah, I know that makes sense. And you got to mm -hmm. be careful too. make sure, you know, everything is compliant yeah. with the SEC. Um, you know, yeah. our strategy mm -hmm. is, you know, a hybrid approach. You know, we, we do actively have, you know, digital currency positions. And then we also do some venture investments as well. And, you know, it's kind of that traditional hybrid model. And that's, you know, that's something that you see unique only to, crypto because you never really see venture funds that also do active trading um as well yeah because then, they're, then yeah. they're just considered a hedge fund right um right so yeah so for me it's also like a hybrid of uh, you know digital assets and uh, uh traditional uh like um you know financial assets like like equities and stuff so um you know i i, I think this this like uh industry is already like high high very risky so I, I tend to like, you know, go with those like more like, you know, kind of relatively secure, <laughs> secure bets. So that's, Yeah. That's and my, I, what gets me excited take, too yeah. is, yeah, well, what gets me really excited too is a lot of these new blockchain projects that are supporting uh, the regulators. You know, there's, uh, I forgot which mm -hmm. project it was, but there's a couple projects now that will audit the exchange volume, you know, because that's a big issue too, right? There's only like 20 right, yeah. that you can really trust with the exchange volume. So if you have some technology that's supporting it at an enterprise level and providing better mm -hmm. transparency and accountability, um, those are great yeah. tools to help funds make sure that they are compliant. You know, maybe they can pull a report and say, hey, you know what, I use this tool and this tool did, does audit my um, you know, positions at the end of the day. And, you know, maybe that, that helps. Yep. So I think it gets exciting to kind of see uh, how people have been behaving much better in the last year. And now you're seeing institutions yeah. come in and, uh, you know, BACT is raising a ton, ton of money. You know, I think the, the business development person for BACT spoke 
uh, I think a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and they were just talking about a lot of great partnerships that they're doing uh, with a lot of right. um, vendors like Starbucks. They're partnering with Starbucks. They're partnering with Microsoft. Um, so I think. Yeah. So what do you think that's going to do when? Um, you know, now you can actually buy a cup of coffee with Bitcoin, you know, back to when back comes out with this app. Um, do you yep. think that's going to increase a lot of usage or do you think we're still not there yet? I, I think, I mean, if, if it's like, you know, well, like Starbucks would allow people to, you know, like pay with Bitcoin, it's, it's going to be like huge. You know, that, that's like the, 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 the problem, like right now, you know, it's, it's like Bitcoin, but um, you can't, you don't see it in your daily life. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's in a like niche uh, area, like maybe some online uh, marketplace, you can buy something, but you know, in daily life, you don't really see it other than maybe like Bitcoin ATM, <laughs> you know, like you, you yeah, go to places. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah. talking about this with somebody else. I mean, the thing is though, mm-hmm. I think in the future, Bitcoin, I mean, blockchain is just going to be another database. So it's, I feel in me, I feel in my personal opinion, it's going mm-hmm. to be just like another, uh, you know, backend database at the end of the day. You know, it's not really something tangible, but I think what's interesting is if you get some kind of credits or some currency, but you have that now, right? If you want to play a video game, you have to buy credits. Mm-hmm. The only thing is that. Yeah behind the scenes it's going to be doing all that work but i think now we think it's so groundbreaking but you know if you think 10 years from now it's going to be expected and and the way the my analogy is now if you see mm-hmm. an uber coming more than if you see an uber taking longer than 3 minutes you start getting mad right but imagine mm-hmm. yeah. imagine opening up an uber app in 2011 you know you're you're so blown away seeing a car show up on your app you know and i feel like that's maybe the same yeah. thing I don't know. I mean, it's, but I, I think it's just going to be so native to the technology. Um, we won't even know it's there in the background. It's just maybe replacing the yeah. clearinghouse. Yeah. So like, I mean, you, you thought it works pretty well, like in the, in the U S you know, but you know, like you go to different countries, you have to exchange currency and, you know, like countries like China place, uh, you know, a limit on like the uh, national to, you know, to, uh, to buy like 50,000 uh, US dollar a year. So, you know, all these restrictions, but, uh, you know, I hopefully like Bitcoin or some other coin can just, just, just wipe it out, remove all these restrictions. And like 10 years from now, we travel anywhere, you know, you, you just pay with, you know, one, one currency. <laughs> that, that, that'd be like great. Like in my opinion. No, that's a good point. I mean, that's one point that I didn't uh, bring up, but yeah, I mean, there was a mm-hmm. panel yesterday at this fund summit and, you know, one thing that they mentioned, and I think sometimes we take it for granted because we have a comfortable life, you know, living in yeah. America, you know, my parents were immigrants, you know, so they came from India um, mm-hmm. you know, with the hope, you know, the immigrant dream, right. Hoping that their kids will have a good right. future. Um, so they came here and yeah. we, you know, when I put money in the bank, I'm not afraid that the bank one day is going to shut down or the government is going to take, take away my $10,000, but you make a good point that may not be the same in Venezuela. Um, and also in mm-hmm. India, they had this whole, in India, they had this whole exercise. It was like a yeah. demonetization they just exercise. They shut down the, uh, uh, like a crypto exchange or something, right? They did. Yeah. There's been a lot of regulation. Yeah. I mean, their, mm-hmm. their uh, you know, prime minister 
they've been, you know, he's always been kind of against cryptocurrency, but he's been pro blockchain, but still, um, yeah. You know, we take it for granted, you know, the freedoms we have. Isn't that a, like a, a you know, a ironic? You are against crypto, but you're for blockchain, <laughs> where crypto is like a, a, a real use case of blockchain. Exactly. I mean, I think there's still, you could probably agree, there's still a lot of opportunities for more education on on uh, the technology, <laughs> especially with the you yeah. know the government sector. They don't get it. I mean, a lot of them still think it's just um, a fraudulent way to buy things in the underworld, right? They think it's, you know, tied yeah. to fraud and, you know, that's kind of the stigma that it's had. And, you know, yeah. hopefully these new developments with, with Fidelity and with ICE and with BACT, uh, some of those mm-hmm. things can change, but I think it's going to take a long time. But I think it's good to see good behavior in the last year. People working with, you know, the regulators, um, the SEC, yeah. you know, kind of being willing to work because this is the risk to the U.S. This is what I feel. I mean, if we yeah. if we make it too difficult, people are going to domicile more companies in Malta. They're going to do a lot more business in Malta. Um, right. Yeah. You know, and it's just things are going to shift there, and that wealth is leaving the U.S. Um, that's just my opinion. So yeah. I think that's a good motivation to to make sure that everybody's uh, behind it. But I don't know yeah. your thoughts. Like about you that. want to, like I think you want to have some kind of you know regulation just to deter the the scammers in the space. But you know, if your your regulations, you know, too too detailed, too to you know covers too much too much stuff then you know it's kind of prevents people from you know innovating you know because especially like in blockchain you know like like so many like experiments going on and we don't know like uh, what what this technology can get us to so you know it's it's kind of it's kind of you know tricky uh to you you want that you know um uh, sweet spot kind of reg- regulation yeah, and one other point that we didn't bring up is the portability of uh-huh. cryptocurrencies, right? So if I'm right now, if I leave New York and I move to Mexico permanently, as long uh-huh. as I know my as long as I know my private seed, um, that comes uh-huh. along. I don't have to carry several blocks of heavy gold in a backpack and carry yeah. and go through uh, security. <laughs> um, the yeah. the asset follows me no matter where I am, and there's no yeah. There's not, re- I mean, you have some issues when you want to convert it to fiat, right? Because that has a trail when it gets converted to fiat and then that's taxable. Um, but let's say you yeah. mine the, you know, mine the coin yourself um, and you have mm-hmm. it, you know, that's kind of an interesting concept to have that portable wealth where even somebody that's right. dealing with political issues in their country, um, you know, the country can't freeze their accounts if they have a decentralized yeah form of currency that is as mainstream as as bitcoin and ethereum yeah i think it's uh, it's great you know unconfiscatable you know it's uh, right now the the really like um um really like uh, obstacle for it to become you know really really mainstream is you know, like the volatility which is it will get better you know as uh, as we grow so but you know like the the feature of uh, of like bitcoin you know like uh, as a, like a store of value it's you know to 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 you know to compare to like uh, gold it's it's like you know it, it's great you know like gold is 
it's very hard to carry, like yeah, to your point, you know. And the government can um, confiscate from from you, you know. Like it's hard to hide hide from the government. Um, but um, at the same time, you know, like um, um, Bitcoin, you know, like you you just you can't really like uh, as long as you know you know you remember your private key. Yeah, like no one, no one can get it from you. Yeah, and I mean, along with fintech, um, I'm not even a gamer, but one mm-hmm. trend that I think is really interesting is the concept of digital goods, digital property. Um, they right. have that now in games. You know, if you want to buy a new type of yeah. weapon in the game, you can buy it, and you don't need the blockchain. But um, I think when you can kind of tokenize those assets, and maybe there's a platform like a B2B service that does that. I think that's interesting yeah. because then maybe you're in some game and you have a sword. That sword has some level of scarcity yeah. and it gains value, right? So that sword today, right. that's very interesting because that takes you back to medieval times, right? Like if you had a sword <laughs> and maybe it's like war yeah. time, the sword now is more valuable because there's a limited supply of you know swords and maybe there's not enough labor to be able to yeah. create weapons at scale. So I think that's kind of an interesting... Right way to add value and then imagine if you could just buy you know like the derivative of that sword it's sold on like some exchange like a video gaming uh exchange um that that provides that would be that's like that's a great you know uh, use case for you know blockchain and there's also like miles and points all these those are or should be like tradable you know yeah but now it's like it's now it's like very difficult to navigate. You have to like think about combine certain points. Use you know, it's uh. But in the future, you know, the you know we should be able to just you know put them in into the marketplace and trade trade against each other. Yeah, and I think the better use of user experience, the better um you're gonna better chances you're gonna get for adoption so let me ask you this what what do Mm -hmm. you think is more important the apps or the infrastructure i know a lot of people are talking about the infrastructure but there's a big argument that if you have all the infrastructure but then it's not easy to use right imagine uh five you know a six-year-old trying to use the blockchain you know and you know six-year-old's not going to set up a database but if it was a really easy ui like coinbase and maybe it's a game back end, there's a blockchain. It's like a kid's game. Um, you know, I think that app is important, but you know, it, do you think it's a chicken and egg thing or do you feel that it's more, um, and I don't know, I don't know if you read that blog by, uh, mm-hmm. in square ventures, but I thought the perfect example was the airplane versus the airport, right? So the, the Wright brothers, they created an airplane, um, and they're flying mm-hmm. in the field. They're flying just in the open field, but you really, if you want to get it to scale, you need to have that airport, but um, yeah. maybe you won't uh, even have an airport if there's no mm-hmm. demand to have airplanes. So that's, so that's like, yeah. <laughs> that's something I struggle with sometimes. Um, but you know, it'd be interesting uh, to hear what you think. Yeah. I, I, it's it can be like a chicken and egg problem, but you know, I think uh, the infrastructure is like the, the, the groundwork and the, the apps are, you know, uh, should be built upon that. And, yeah. you know, it's just like the, you know, uh, Apple invented iPhone and, but if there's no apps, you know, on, on iPhones and uh, it wouldn't be as popular as today, you know? Yeah. yeah. And for me, I mean, part of the infrastructure is really just the working with the governments. So, I mean, I think the infrastructure is super important. 
uh, to get mm-hmm. to the next level of scalability, but then, you know, building that infrastructure and including the governments, um, that's right. really important because then you're going to get the support um, and the ecosystem to kind of do things at scale. You have the, you have the plumbing and the, the rails in place. Um, so you can build on top of that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, sometimes I, I wonder, you know, what if you built all the infrastructure, but then you don't have enough interest, right? Like what if you could buy a block, you know, a a cup of coffee with, with Bitcoin, but then it's just too complicated, right? Because you, you, you have an app with backed and then you have to, (laughs) you know, you have to upload your banking account number and then you have to convert it, you know? I mean, but if it was super seamless, like it just feels like a re if it feels just like a credit card, right? And like a yeah, normal thing like, to do it on the back end. Uh, for me, I always think I always thought like the you know, the best infrastructure is, you know, it's what makes the purchase like seamless. You know, that um it's kind of like yeah, extension of that uh infrastructure. Yeah, I mean even, you know, no matter how simple Uber looks um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of machine learning and backend processes that happen to make sure there's availability all the time. Um, there's some right. kind of dispatcher system, but like to the normal user, um, all of that yeah. infrastructure is set up. So all they have to do is press one button. But um, And that's, yeah. I think, when you build a product really good where you just don't have to do anything. Yeah. Less, we, less is more these yeah, days. We're, we're, we're definitely not there yet. <laughs> Yeah, one thing that I thought that was interesting, and you can maybe you can mm-hmm. shed some light on this too. But when it comes to mm-hmm. user experience in America, most websites and apps they look really clean, and it's more of the minimal design. But I was talking to some mm-hmm. friends in China, and they told me in yeah. China people like to use websites that like look very very crowded, like because I guess in China they want to use as much real estate as possible. But I don't know if you have any insight into that, if that's true or not, or, or is that changed? Um, yeah, I actually, yeah, it's a good point. Like I didn't, uh, like realize, but, but when, now you said it, like, yeah, <laughs> I see that, you know, like if I brought a Chinese website, there's usually yeah. like abundance of information. They try to throw, throw them at you. But, um, but yeah, personally, I, I prefer, yeah, I personally, I prefer like a bit like neat and uh, less is more kind of. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I love Coinbase, the, the UI, but I don't use it because of the higher fees. And obviously when you get to an institutional stage, you can't use something like Coinbase, but you can use Coinbase Pro. And sometimes I use that, you know, to just personally mm-hmm. buy stuff because they have limit orders and they have, a, you know, a bunch more workflows, but the UI is not that beautiful. Um, but you know, yeah. the fees are better on Coinbase Pro. I don't know if you, yeah, I don't know if you ever like call their help help desk. The, Do they even have a help desk? They they have like helpline, and the the wait yeah. is like I don't know, like uh, now uh, the situation now. But you know, mm-hmm. I was calling them maybe like a year ago, and <laughs> I was waiting like for like one hour <laughs> to oh, wow. get to speak to someone. Yeah. So, <laughs> They make it they definitely yeah. make it hard to get to get support. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you ever tried to contact Google, but that's that's impossible. Like, I don't even think they have a help support line. I mean, I think they have millions of bots right. to kind of automatically answer your questions, but you have to answer like five mm-hmm. other sub questions before that. Amazon also yeah. is getting into that space too, where you can eventually a person. 
Yeah, but but it but it's not. You yeah. can't you can't Google like customer support, and I don't think the number immediately shows up. I think it used to, but now oh, it takes you to I, a website. I, it it does. If you, oh, it does. If you try okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I, I called them like a week ago <laughs> to yeah. you know to solve some you know package missing issue. But, yeah, I yeah. called them a while back and I was able to get a hold of them, but it was like I almost had to do this hidden you know I had to find this hidden menu and then click on it yeah. and then it opened up the number and I think they have to call me. Oh, yeah. I mean you're you're right on their website. It's the, yeah, the website find yeah. the helpline, but I just googled. Amazon helpline and okay. it, it will pop up right away. Yeah. But one thing that I yeah. do think is interesting that Uber does really interesting, uh, that Uber does really mm. well, um, is they've automated it. So I've never had to talk to anybody at Uber and they've come up mm -hmm. with all of the right response, the right logic. Like one time a driver overcharged me mm -hmm. and then I clicked okay. on support and then it said, Oh, what happened? And I said, Oh, I got overcharged. And then when I clicked on that, then it mm -hmm. gave me like five reasons. And I chose the reason and then immediately gave me a refund. So I didn't have to talk to anybody. Um, so I thought that was really yeah. good. So. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. yeah the, uh, worst, the worst is like you have to answer lots of questions and end up, you know, uh, you know, you still have to talk to someone. <laughs> that's the worst. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we also mm -hmm. invested in a couple supply chain management companies. And, you know, I, I felt like that was a big trend even in 2017. People were talking about that as a basic use case, but are there any other new use yeah. cases besides just, you know, obviously tokenization we talked about, you know, supply chain management. Is there yeah. something recently that you've kind of thought is a really interesting use case? Um, recently, I mean, do you consider like food tracking food supply chain management? I do, yeah. I mean, I know that Walmart okay. had a tracking system. Yeah. Like, that was back in like 2018, I think. So some of that, I think, is yeah. in place. Um, right. okay. I saw That's, a really um, interesting project called RiceX, and that was really cool because they tracked rice, and the problem is that there's yeah. a lot of information arbitrage with pricing. Some people get overcharged. Some people don't even get their mm -hmm. rice. Um, so that market pricing is really huge because today it's like paper-based so i think yeah there's probably and you know i go back to this panel that i attended yesterday it's and it kind of goes mm -hmm. back to what you and i were talking about sometimes you see the real use cases in less privileged countries because there's a real problem so i mean they they're not right. they don't know if they're truly getting something um or if the price is truly a fair price and i think that's where i think yeah. Accountability I can support think also, uh, yeah, to your point, like, I think uh, I have some MBA classmates who are, like, doing a, a startup, um, um, like, uh, verifying uh, medicine because there are some, like, I think fake medicine in, the, uh, like, sold in Africa. So they're, like, trying to tackle that problem. But maybe, like, you know, they can, um, you know, apply it to blockchain into, you know, tracking yeah. Verification. Yeah, my brother's um, a pharmacist, so I, I see that there's you know there's probably a lot of counterfeit, you know, drugs out there uh, that are you know sold mm -hmm. on a secondary market. So I mean, just validating it truly that it really is the right one. Yeah, you know, that's important. But then again, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes we always have to ask ourselves, like, do you really need a blockchain? Right. Just be a, yeah, a, exactly. Like, a, like, like an ID I, number or a barcode. <laughs> 
Right. I, I think blockchain is, you know, it's uh, energy like intensive and it's uh, resource. It's it's not efficient and uh, it's it, it has to be used to protect those uh, things like worth protecting, like you know, money uh, and uh, uh, maybe you know, food food safety, something like like this. Like people really like uh, care about and has to be like very important. Otherwise, you know, centralized uh, you know solution is it's much it's much more efficient. Yeah, yeah, especially in fintech yeah. when it comes to transaction times. Um, right. Blockchain yeah. is not going to work. Yeah, it's it's very hard to like compete against, you know, like Visa and, and others. Like if you, if you want to com- compete with them on, on speed, you know, but like you have to compete on, on something different, you know, like decentralization, and, you know, say security and, and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I think right now, uh, you know, a lot of uh, startups or a lot of companies are looking at blockchain, but, you know, um, like we have to see the real, real, like applicable use case. Does it make sense? Uh, like, um, I mean, like a lot of them are in the air. Like, we don't know. Like, uh, but, you know, for, for, for Bitcoin, like for its money, monetary, you know, uh, feature, like we know it's, it works and it's, it's, it's something worth um, using blockchain to, you know, but for other things like, you know, we're still experimenting, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think there's, um, it's just this whole year is going to be the year of building. Um, and yeah. I think from an investment standpoint, there's a lot of companies that um, probably have not raised enough. So I think, you know, and they, yeah. they might have trouble raising because, the markets mm-hmm. are just slowly picking up. So there, I don't think there's a hundred percent confidence, but if you are an accredited investor and you do want to get into the space, I think you can get pretty, pretty decent terms. Um, especially if it's an, yeah. an investment, that's an interesting project. Um, just because mm-hmm. a lot of the noise has been cut out. That's what I feel in the last year. It's not yeah. as sexy, right? You don't see, that many Lamborghinis. You might see a few still um, this week because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a blockchain week. But I, I feel yeah. like the good thing is some of the hype has died down and it's filtered out some of did, that. Did they, did they bring, bring some Lamborghinis last year? I didn't go last year. Yeah, it was just everybody had Lamborghinis. <laughs> um, wow. And yeah, I mean, everybody had Lamborghinis and, and they were showing them off and it was a big, it was just a big deal. And, a lot of that has died down. A lot of those people have moved yeah. to the STO advisors and now IEO advisors. Um, so it's just interesting yeah, it's how the, that crowd still is around, but just in a different form. Um, yeah, they just change names. <laughs> they don't go away. <laughs> yeah, they just update their title on LinkedIn. They're yeah. a new type of advisor. So, yeah, I, I think like until like we see those like, you know, potential scams you know like going away like it's 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 still like immature space you know it is but i i am confident about this year i think just with the Mm -hmm. regulators and the institutions coming on board um and you know you see people like anthony pompliano getting the pension funds on board i mean those are just all great signs we're seeing the university Mm -hmm. come on um so once we some of these pension funds, right? I mean, 3% is not enough anymore. Um, so they're looking for maybe a small <laughs> yeah. allocation to possibly yeah. 
their overall performance. And, you know, there, there's, there's lockups and other issues with the other asset classes that they have. And I think yeah. um, just one other asset class, even if it's a very small allocation, just provides an option. Um, yeah. I don't think everybody's yeah. going to jump on it yet, but it's just something to explore. And I think the narrative for fund managers to LPs has mm. changed. Too. I think maybe 18 months ago, you were telling LPs what a blockchain is and you know, trying to defend that Bitcoin is not fraud. And these days, a lot of those types of people um, are sophisticated. So they've already, they've already done a lot of research and they might even come right. in with their own thesis. So a lot of times you have to make yep. sure that you're um, buttoned up or else you could just, um, you know, not be, be up to speed on, you know, how savvy these people are. And I think it's super important, uh, especially when they're doing due diligence on you. Yep. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Well, Hey, this was mm -hmm. awesome. Um, there yeah. any other topics that you think, uh, we should cover maybe before we wrap up? Um, I think we pretty much like ran, uh, yeah, I mean like we pretty much covered everything like we wanted to talk about. So, yeah, no, it's exciting. Maybe you can give yeah. the audience a few helpful tips um, when it comes to books. Uh, what are some mm -hmm. books that you recommend? I think you recommended a couple earlier and we have those. Um, but are there any additional yeah. blogs or podcasts um, that you recommend? So I, my favorite book is uh, Amos, uh, The Bitcoin Standard. And uh, for like uh, fund managers, I think you definitely uh, want to read uh, Crypto Assets by Chris uh, Bernske and uh, Jack Jack Tata. Um, and uh, like I get most of my I I, I subscribe uh, like CoinDesk uh, you know daily newsletter and they're like a Tuesday institutional investor newsletter. Um, and uh, I. I follow lots of people on, on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. So I think that's, uh, that's a great place to, you know, get the market sentiment and sense the trend and see what's going on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and a few like, uh, you know, WeChat groups, uh, like telegram groups and just to follow what's going on. And, yeah. Which telegram and, and, I mean, do you recommend? Uh, actually, I recommend this coin uh, called Coin Telegraph. It's not really like a, a group, but it's like news news feed. Yeah. Like every day, I get probably like 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 fifty fifty news from from this. Yeah. But I I would uh, join like uh, the the Telegram like uh, groups that uh, like in uh, say like you know the 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 project I I invested in like the the coin I invested in I would join their uh, Telegram group. Yeah, you know, no, to, I agree. That's, see, you know. It's a good first validation to see if they even have a, a community. Obviously, that should not be a metric. <laughs> Some people, I think in 2017, they were saying, yeah. hey, you know, I've got, you know, 100,000 followers on Telegram. And, you know, they actually use that as a metric. Um, so I, I think that's, that's pretty interesting how, you know, they thought that was acceptable. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I use CoinTelegram. can be... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you got to be careful with those those things. 
Um, I've read yeah. some of Bitcoin Standard. I haven't read all of it, but what I've read so far was really good. I need to sit down and read yeah. it. I'll check out some of the other recommendations you made. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, like Bitcoin is really like, uh, you know, crypto is really like intersection of uh, uh, like various disciplines like economics, finance, uh, politics, uh, history. So it's good to, you know, um, look at it in a holistic way rather than just looking at it from a like, financial standpoint of view or from, you know, like uh, investing standpoint of view. So uh, you, you really want to uh, like uh, try to uh, make sure you, you understand it and see why uh, it makes sense. Otherwise, you know, they stay away from it. Yeah. And what I, what I feel is so exciting about it is you're never caught up. So you're never going to be the expert in all of the subjects. Yeah. You might be an expert in tokenization, but then somebody right. else is an expert in token economics and how a society should work yep. if you did have tokens, right? Yeah. And there's somebody yeah. else that is the expert on networks and staking. And right. you know, so there's just so many different topics. Even, even at the fund manager level, there's people now that are, you know, if you talk to like the head of the trading, the digital currency trading desk at Goldman, you know, they're going to talk about how they integrate their workflows from an institutional standpoint into uh, mm -hmm. digital currencies. And, you know, I just would not have that insight. Um, and then yep. venture venture has like just a deep insight um, that's completely different. So you're never going to catch up with everything. And literally after one week, yeah. you can be already be behind <laughs> because so many things will yeah. happen in the news. That's that's the thing. Uh, yeah, that's one reason I decide to, I think I need to, uh, you know, either I don't do this or I have to do this for time, like, because it's, uh, things are evolving so fast. Like, if you, if I don't read news, like, crypto news for a week, I'll be like, oh, I'm so much behind. I don't know. Yeah, it's like you're living under a rock. If you bring up something from two yeah. weeks ago, like, wait a minute, that was like so long ago, right? <laughs> yeah, like, Pitchfinex got, you know, it's a tether problem. Oh, wow. And then, Binance got hacked. It's like it happened so fast. You know, like, like I just found out. Dude, <laughs> I feel yeah, like it's I mean, in like two, three days. Sometimes I feel like I'm. Yeah, behind. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just saying, like the, the like people are just like you know focusing on Tether, uh, Bit Bitfinex, and all of a sudden Binance come in. Oh wow, forty million stolen. <laughs> so things like this, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's why like you have to really like follow follow what's going on no absolutely well hey zay i really mm -hmm. appreciate your time sorry for the drilling in the background you probably hear that but um this was uh, uh an amazing yeah talk. yeah this was an amazing talk i mean it was just great uh getting to know mm -hmm. you hearing about your fund and your background and uh you know i hope to see you out here sure. uh, you know just shoot me yeah. a note on Instagram yeah. and maybe we can catch up yeah yeah thanks for having me on this and uh you know i, I enjoyed it and uh yeah that's definitely like, yeah, we'll, we'll catch a coffee or drink uh, during the consensus. Absolutely. Super excited about it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye.